0: What is going on, everybody? My name is John Solo, and this is Messed Up Origins, the show where I take the magical myths, fantastic fairy tales, the most delightful nursery rhymes that you grew up with, and ruin them with the truth. If you were born and raised in the US of A, the UK, or have just seen Toy Story, then you're no doubt familiar with Little Bo Peep, the shepherdess who just can't seem to keep track of her pesky sheep. The very antithesis of Mary and her little lamb, Little Bo Peep is infamous for losing her sheep and not knowing where to find them. But is that really what the song is about? That depends on who you ask. Some scholars will say, yeah, absolutely. But over the years, a number of theories have emerged that link this song to the royal families of England and their oppression of the common man. Not only that, but it turns out the phrase Bo Peep was quite popular long before the sheep ever showed up. And if you wanna know what it meant, you're gonna have to stick around. Yeah, I'm one of those YouTubers now. Chapter One, The Rhyme. So before we get into the history of Little Bo Peep and what is supposedly written between the lines, we should probably establish how those lines actually go. I'll be honest, before researching for this episode, I would completely forgotten every word of the song. Like I knew Little Bo Peep lost her sheep, but I wasn't even sure how the first line went. Turns out I forgot more than I realized because the song has five verses in total and it's actually a pretty entertaining story. Little Bo Peep has lost her sheep and doesn't know where to find them. Leave them alone and they'll come home, bringing their tails behind them. Little Bo Peep fell fast asleep and dreamt she heard them bleating. But when she awoke, she found it a joke, for they were all still fleeting. Then up she took her little crook, determined for to find them. She found them indeed, but it made her heart bleed, for they left their tails behind them. It happened one day, as Bo-Peep did stray into a meadow hard by. There she espied, their tails side by side, all hung on a tree to dry. She heaved a sigh and wiped her eye, and over the hillocks went rambling, and tried what she could, as a shepherdess should, to tack each again to its lambkin. So there you have it. Little Bo Peep's sheep were lost. When she found them, they had their tails cut off, but eventually she found those two, And then she tried to reattach them somehow. Maybe it was like an Eeyore situation. I don't know. Unlike a lot of the other nursery rhymes we've covered on this show, there haven't been many variations of Little Bo Peep over the years. And I think that may have something to do with it being a cohesive story as opposed to a nonsense song like Ring Around the Rosie where the words are interchangeable and non-consequential. We actually didn't find any variations of LBP in our research with the exception of one verse in a variation of Yankee Doodle that was printed in 1777. That's right, the lyrics of Little Bo Peep also fit the melody of Yankee Doodle perfectly, but we'll talk more about that in just a minute. First, the verse. Ah, oh, Jemima's lost her mare and can't tell where to find her, but she'll come trotting by and by and bring her till behind her. Oddly similar, right? So now we have to answer the age-old question, which came first, the mare or the sheep, the Jemima or the Bo Peep? Well, to answer that, we have to look at the first time that little Bo Peep was ever put into print, which we fortunately know was in a book with the most ridiculous, hilarious, unnecessary title I've ever read. In 1784, the first edition of a collection of nursery rhymes was published. It was called *Gammer Gurton's Garland or The Nursery Parnassus, a choice collection of pretty songs and verses for the amusement of all little good children who can neither read nor run. Yeah, back then people were still experimenting with how to properly add a subtitle to their book, but I lied when I said that was the most ridiculous one I'd read. I present to you the fortunes and misfortunes of the famous Maul Flanders, who was born in Newgate and during a life of continued variety for three score years besides her childhood, was 12 years a whore, Five times a wife, whereof once to her brother, 12 years a thief, eight years a transported felon in Virginia, at last grew rich, lived honest, and died a penitent. Wow, it's like I don't even have to read the book now. Anyway, what were we talking about? Little Bo Peep. So that collection, Gammergurt and Scarland, was written by Englishman Joseph Ritson and published in 1784. Initially, it would appear that since it was printed after the Yankee Doodle variant, it would have been thought up after. But you've got to remember that Ritson didn't write this song, he just collected it. And most nursery rhymes floated around for at least a century before being written down. Personally, I find it much more likely that someone would have parodied a popular children's song like Little Bo Peep for one verse in a war tune that's supposed to be mocking the enemy, as opposed to someone writing an entirely original song with its own cohesive plot based off of one random verse and a random variant of Yankee Doodle. But now you might be wondering, if Little Bo Peep came before Yankee Doodle, does that mean the classic Yankee Doodle melody was actually taken from Little Bo Peep? Quite possibly, but that wouldn't be totally accurate to say because that melody is thought to have come from European folk songs of the Middle Ages. I'm talking like 1400s here. The melody that people nowadays are accustomed to hearing wasn't created until 1872, almost 90 years after the rhyme's publication, and it was first recorded in James William Eliot's National Nursery Rhymes and Nursery Songs. Here's a sample, because if you're like me, you may need a refresher. Now, there is always a chance that back in the Middle Ages, Little Bo Peep had already been thought up and was sung to the tune that we now recognize as Yankee Doodle, but it doesn't seem likely, because in those days, Bo Peep meant something very different. Chapter 2 Little Bo Peepaboo One of the most fascinating things I learned in my research is that Bo Peep was the name of the baby game that we would now call Peekaboo. For those who haven't heard of it, it's real simple. First, you get a baby, preferably without breaking any laws. Then you cover your face. And since babies are so stupid, they think you actually disappeared. When in reality, you've been here the whole time. One of the ways we know it was a game back then is because the first written reference to it has been dated to 1364, when someone refers to a woman named Alice Causton. She was apparently forced to play Bo Peep through a pillory after short serving measures of ale by packing the bottoms of tankards with pitch so it would take less liquid to fill them. That's a funny way of putting it though, isn't it? She played Bo Peep through a pillory? I mean, if you look at someone in a pillory, peekaboo would be one of the few games they could still play, I guess. Now, full disclosure, we couldn't actually find a copy of that 1364 for reference anywhere, but the book that refers to it called English Industries of the Middle Ages cites what I believe was a pamphlet or newspaper of some kind called Memories or Memoirs of London. In addition to that, there was a popular minstrel ballad during the reign of Queen Elizabeth. One verse went, "'Half of England is naught but sheep. In every corner they play Bo Peep. Lord them confound by 20 and 10 and fill their places with Christian men. Now that also happens to be the earliest written record of Bo Peep and sheep being associated, but in my opinion, it's just a coincidence because calling someone's followers sheep as an insult has been a thing since at least the ancient Greek poets. Not to mention that Bo Peep still meant peekaboo up to the 1606 publication of Shakespeare's King Lear. In said play, the court jester implies that King Lear is acting childishly and playing Bo Peep, covering his eyes and hiding while letting his daughters run amok with the keys to the castle. So it seems that sometime between 1606 and 1784, Bo Peep went from being a game to being a song. We can't say definitively when that happened or what caused the evolution, but your friendly neighborhood folklorists have some ideas. Chapter Three, The Royal Family and other poorly constructed theories. Those of you who've been watching this series for a while are no doubt aware of how many nursery rhymes were allegedly created to mock the royal family and safely pass along controversial news about them. Both Jack and Jill and Baba Black Sheep were supposedly inspired by unfair tax reform and three blind mice may have been motivated by Bloody Mary's persecution of Protestants. Well, little Bo Peep is no different. According to Catherine West Thomas, who in 1930 wrote a book called The Real Personages of Mother Goose, Bo Peep was a nickname for Queen Mary and the sheep she lost were her loyal supporters who didn't stay so loyal. She goes on for about 10 pages, breaking down the history of Queen Mary's feud over the throne with her cousin, Queen Elizabeth, pointing out the events that she believes are connected to lines of the poem. I won't lie, at first it sounds like a compelling theory, but the more of it I read and the more specific she got with her arguments, the less sense it made to me. I don't know if it's the writing style or just my ignorance about the royal family's drama during the 1500s, but to me, it just seems like Thomas's legs ought to be real sore from all the conclusions that she's jumping to here. Not once in this entire section does she cite written evidence that clearly states the point she's trying to prove. She's always coming up with these mountainous assumptions from a molehill's worth of clues. For example, nowhere in recorded history does it say Mary was ever called Bo Peep by her detractors. We've never recovered letters, journals, newspapers, or propaganda that labels her as such. But Thomas claims that ballad I referenced earlier, Half of England is naught but sheep in every corner they play Bo Peep, is all the proof we need that England's common folk gave her that nickname. Even though, as I already mentioned, at that time, Bo Peep was still the name of the children's game and even if there were alternate meanings for it at that point, in this context, it clearly means they're covering their eyes so they're blinded to Mary's sinful ways. Just because Mary's supporters are playing Bo Peep doesn't mean Mary was called Bo Peep. That's not the only theory that desperately tries to connect this song to the royal family though. In a book called Pop Goes the Weasel, which I would not recommend to anyone, the author claims the event that inspired Jack and Jill is the same one that led to little Bo Peep's creation, King Charles's new tax laws. Exciting, right? In all seriousness though, I've got to admit, I'm getting a little tired of these theories. Not only do they all lack any compelling evidence whatsoever, they all also hinge on the completely unproven claim that people in medieval times used rhymes as code to mock the royal family. I haven't been able to confirm the original source, but I believe the idea that people did that originated with Catherine West Thomas's book. And since then, internet detectives have accepted it as fact despite a lack of proof and logic which is why you'll see it referenced in every blog and article that claims to have the origins of nursery rhymes. I do have some good news though. While we may not be able to say who created the Little Bo Peep song, we have a pretty good guess for why it was created. To warn children about the ramifications of not taking your work seriously. Poor little Bo Peep. First she lost her sheep, then she decided to sleep instead of looking for them, and by the time they turned up, their tails had all been cut off. If she was more responsible, that never would have happened, and I'll bet you that whoever wrote the song was trying to convey that message to his or her youthful listeners. Don't get me wrong, I understand why people like the idea of nursery rhymes having messed up origins. It's the same reason this channel exists, nostalgia and morbid curiosity, but it seems like the people who come up with these theories just don't want to see what's right in front of them, especially in In this case, it's not like Little Bo Peep is Ring Around the Rosie where the nonsensical lyrics are begging to be interpreted. It's a five verse poem with a straightforward story. Girl loses her sheep, dreams about finding her sheep. She eventually does find them with their tails missing, but then she finds their tails and somehow reattaches them. Sure, it's weird, but it's not exactly complicated. So why try and make it that way? Thank you all for tuning in to the Messed Up Origins podcast. We're posting episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So don't forget to sacrifice the five-star and follow buttons to the algorithm gods to make sure they bless your feed with more mythological and folklore content. If you have any thoughts on this episode you'd like to share, like if you really enjoyed it or are dying to correct my pronunciation of something, hit me up under the Messed Up Origins handles on Twitter and Instagram. And to those who are craving more Messed Up Origins, feel free to check out other episodes episodes of the podcast, or look up my YouTube channel called John Solo to experience the original episodes complete with visual aids and custom-made artwork. Until next time, Solo fam, my name is John Solo, and don't forget, John shot first.